Welcome to the Photography Q&A podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones and this is episode 40 of the Photography Q&A podcast. I can't believe I made it to 40. I thought I'd get to about 10 and give up. Oh well, I'm still here. Why do I need a histogram? That's this week's question. Why do I need a histogram? If you don't know what a histogram is, that is the little graph that shows up on the back of your camera sometimes when you go through your menu. And this graph shows you the brightness of the pixels in your image. The horizontal axis of the histogram goes from pure black on the left to the brightest white on the right. The vertical axis shows how many pixels are in that tone. So just all you've got to remember is that when you look at this little graph, to the left is black, to the right is white. So how do you get to see this mysterious histogram? On a Canon camera, you push the info button until it appears. Keep clicking the button. On Nikon, I think they use the multi-selector up and down buttons. Now, I'm not sure, but give that a go. The multi-selector up and down arrows. On Sony, you keep pushing the DISP button, which I think stands for display. So you click the DISP. <laughs> you click on the DISP button at the top of the control wheel until it appears. If you have a different make or that doesn't work on your camera, you need to have a look in your camera manual. Just do a search for histogram. It'll be really easy to find. If you don't have a manual, like I always say, go on the 50millimeterframework.com website and in the menu there is a button that says user manuals. I'll put a, there's a link in the show notes. So yeah, it's easy to find. So some cameras give you a general histogram and three others. They'll show red, blue, and green, or red, green, and blue in that order, I think it is. Now you don't want to get into the weeds on individual colors. It really doesn't matter. You just need to stick with the main histogram, which is just covers everything. So is it necessary to use a histogram? When I first got my digital camera, I didn't understand what the warning sign was after I'd taken a picture where it was set up that if any part of the image was blown out, meaning it was overexposed, it was too much light, it would flash. Now, I didn't know what it was, so I turned off the, the warning, <laughs> which probably wasn't a good thing to do. If it had known that the histogram gave me information that could prevent areas of the image being blown out or underexposed, it would have saved me years of screw-ups. Okay, so how many photos have you taken that look great in the rear LCD, and you've looked at them and thought, wow, that's really good, and then you get it on your computer and realize that some of it's overexposed or some of it's underexposed? You could have saved all this hassle of thinking you got it, going, go back home, and realize it was a screw-up. If you'd have just looked at the histogram, you could have saved yourself. It's just a backup that you need to use. If your aim is to get properly exposed images, then the answer to, is it necessary to use a histogram? Yeah, it's a definite yes. You do need to use it. So how do you read a histogram? You need to look at the shape of the graph. An ideal graph is spread evenly between the dark left side and the bright right side. If you take a photo with an ideal histogram, your image will be correctly exposed and have detail. In the mid-tones, right across the board, it'll be nice. Even in the shadows, you'll still see some definition and some detail. And in the bright areas, again, you'll see detail. 
if the graph is bunched up to the left, the photo will be underexposed, but not in all cases, and we'll cover this in a second. If the graph is all the way to the right in the white, it will be overexposed, and again, not in all cases. Look at the ends of the histogram. The ends of the histogram are pure black and pure white. There is no detail, it's just white or black, those very edges of the histogram. So if your histogram goes off the edge, like it's there's no, it doesn't taper off when it gets there, it goes straight out, it's either going to be jet black or pure white. So the aim is to get your graph to end just before the edges of either pure black or pure white. You want it to stop short of it. If you can do that, your image will have detail in shadows and colour and in definition in the sky or wherever you're, t wherever you're taking an image of. You won't have any, any sections of your image where there's no detail. So let's cover the not in all cases. When I said not in all cases, I meant there's going to be times when you want the graph to be either to the right or the left because you're going to want to do it for creative effect. I'll give you an example. A couple of days ago, I took a photograph of a rock. It's actually called a geode, I think it is. It's some volcanic rock and it has crystals in it. I took it on a dark grey table on the desk that I'm sitting at now. It's dark grey. I wanted the table, the desk, to look black. So I exposed the image so the graph was going off the left-hand edge of the histogram. So there were parts of the image that were black. There was no detail in them at all. And this made the table look, made the grey table look black. And it was the effect that I wanted. I looked at the histogram and that is what I wanted. I didn't just look at the back of the camera and think, oh, that was really dark. Because when you get it on your computer, it probably won't. It'll have detail in it. So this worked because I shoot in RAW. All my image files are RAW. I don't shoot in JPEG. I create JPEGs from my RAW files. So when I got it in Lightroom, I could see that the table was black, had slight detail around the rock, which was fine, but the rock was underexposed. But because I shoot in RAW, it wasn't massively underexposed. It wasn't dark. It wasn't so dark that I couldn't pull it back. I used a mask. I painted the mask onto the, the rock, and then I changed the exposure and the detail on the rock so that the rock in the image, the geode, was properly lit and the background just looked like it was black. And that is why you will look at your histogram and you'll want it to go off the edge sometimes. Same with if you're in studio and you're shooting a white background and you have lights on the white background as well to blow it out to make it really white. Sometimes you don't have enough light and you don't get a perfectly white background, but you can play with your settings so that the right side of the graph is going off the right edge and uh, you'll have perfectly white backgrounds. Now, there are some mistakes and pitfalls here. Don't make the mistake of wanting a nicely balanced histogram if you're taking a picture of a, a black cat, say, on a dark street, because everything in the image is going to be dark. Well, not everything. There might be a little bit of a street light, but the majority of the pixels in the image are going to be of something dark. So don't expect to look at your histogram and think it's going to be right in the middle. It's still going to be way over to the left where everything's dark. So don't try and uh, correct it or you'll end up with a really odd looking image. Make sure, on this is a big one actually this, make sure you are using the correct white balance. If you're using an incorrect white balance, your setting will give you a false histogram reading. Halfway between pure black and pure white is 18% gray. Now if you've heard me talk about this before, 
when you're setting up a custom white balance, we use an 18% gray card. You take a, a photograph of the 18% gray card and in your menu, you use that as your custom white balance because the camera needs to know what the halfway point is between pure white and pure black, and then it knows what it's dealing with. If, for instance, you've used one of the preset white balances, such as, say, tungsten, you last shot you did, you were under tungsten light, and you didn't change it back, everything is going to be way off. Your histogram will not be correct, so you'll be looking at it, and it's not it's not telling you the truth because you've not given it the truth in the first place. So make sure if you're doing a custom white balance, use your 18% gray card or, you know, if you're using the presets and you're outside and it's daylight, use the daylight setting. Don't use tungsten or fluorescent or whatever else is in there. Make sure you're using the right one so that you're getting the correct reading from your histogram. Okay, that covers pretty much everything. So from now on, you're going to shoot in aperture priority or manual mode. When you're taking the image, you're going to check your light meter and get that balanced. Take your image and the first thing you're going to do, you have it set up so that your image comes on the back and it's going to show you the histogram. Just check that the histogram is within the bounds of the extreme black and pure white. Make sure it's not going off the edge unless that's what you want. And if it isn't, adjust your settings and take the picture again. It's that easy, it really is. That covers histograms. All right, so I have now started posting my photo a day. I'm up to this this morning. I took number 30. It's the 30th of January. We are about, I think, about 9 or 10% away of the way through the year. Yeah, 9%, I think it worked out at. So I've got quite a lot of images still to do. If you want to check them out, have a look on the Instagram page that I've set up. There's a link in the show notes. If you want to join in, when you put your image up on Instagram and you write a description, just make sure at the bottom you put hashtag 15mm framework, 50mm framework. So I'd love you to join in. Don't feel pressured that it's got to be the best image in the world. If it's just a quick snap of a tree or whatever, just do it. Just get used to it. I know in 30 days, my thought pattern for taking images has totally changed. And I am getting right back into using Flash again. Yeah, I love it. Just the control you've got. I've not used it for quite a few years on a regular basis. Now I'm doing pictures every day. Probably two-thirds of my images are done with Flash now. So anyway, join me on Instagram. Get on the Facebook group, ask questions. And I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.